So flashback to Monday. It was a great Monday. We thought it was a great Monday. Nice start to the week. We're doing great. We're like, hey, let's do a podcast today. It's Monday. We usually do podcasts on Monday. So let's do a podcast today. So Brandon and I got together at around 7 o'clock, give or take. And we started our podcast. We did an hour and a half of almost nothing because we just pulled stuff out of nowhere. And we had a great conversation on the Jays and the Leafs. And it was great. And then we finished the podcast. And I'm like, awesome. Have a nice day. See you Friday. And uh, sure enough, the thing doesn't save. So here we are, Friday. No podcast release on Monday because Zoom hates us. Um, and yeah, it's deleted. So we have an entire podcast that's out in the world. Only the two of us know it. We had some bomb ass takes and we're going to try and repeat some of them for you, but obviously we're not going to talk about everything we talked about on that podcast. But, uh, yeah, if you're wondering where we were on Monday, which isn't likely, uh, that's where we were. So sorry. We'll, uh, we'll fix that. Hopefully this one doesn't do that or else we're, you're not going to hear this and we're going to have some trouble. We could easily um, say it was our best podcast. and I would know. say it was top three for sure. <laughs> I think we did a fantastic job in that one. Um, we had some really good takes. We had some really bad really? takes, as always. But, yeah, what welcome we back. Best? Welcome back to the BNB podcast where we, uh, we just kind of go off the seat of our pants and hope for the best out here. Um, we got a little bit to talk about, a little more than we had on Monday. So, I mean, at least we have a little bit of a show today and we don't have to – spew bullshit and you don't get to know us as well so a little more boring for you guys i guess uh i guess we'll start with the leafs because hey they clinched the maple loaf I, I don't know if you uh Back in it. don't know if you heard but the the leafs are going to the playoffs which i think we've known for how long has the season been three months oh yeah it's we've known for there. three months and it's <laughs> funny because like statistically because vancouver got hit with all their covid problems though they were still in it to a certain point so the leafs are just like they're still yeah they're, just lose the game they're still kind of in it like vancouver but, still has a small chance, right but i but even for like the leafs to clinch it was because vancouver was still had games to play yeah not even yeah not even points wise so no Yep, so, yeah, another in, man. That's it. Another another leaf year to the playoffs. Yeah, we know we're going. Don't know who we're playing yet. It's looking like it's probably Montreal or Calgary, most likely. Vancouver could pull off a miracle and pull the comeback. But as of right now, today, if the playoffs started tomorrow, we'd be playing Montreal. I'm a fan of that matchup because Montreal does not look like a playoff team right now. Montreal's kind of been gutted as well, man. I think the – I don't know. When I've been listening to other people talk about Montreal, they – they omit Jonathan Drouin, which I understand why. You know, he stepped yep. away for personal reasons. But still, that's a huge loss from somebody, especially in the the playmaking category, right? Sure. He's not really much of a goal scorer, but he sets up a lot of the goals for that top line. Yeah. I mean, and he was struggling a bit this year. Like, his point numbers aren't really there. But I think he had, like, still – I think he only had, like, two goals and, like, whatever, 30 or 40 assists. Mm-hmm. Like, he was still pretty – yeah, right. it's for, it's a tough a loss. Team that was, that's not that doesn't have a stud. You know what they I mean? They need like, something. Little... They they can't right. lose guys, especially like they lose Drew and they lost Gallagher, and they're a little depleted now. I don't think that's enough of an excuse to be like, yeah, this is why the Canadians are bad. I don't like I said, I don't think the Canadians are really that good, and I've said that all year long. But I just think they're in it. They're at a point right now where they they're deep in the season. They don't have anyone that can score and they're doing a great job defensively. Like they're shutting guys down, but they just don't have anyone that can score goals. And unfortunately for them, they're just going to continue to lose games two nothing, three, three, two, three, one. Cause like they just don't have the scoring threats that you worry about as does 
Edmonton and Winnipeg and Toronto and teams like that, it's kind of – it sucks for them. I, I feel bad for Canadians fans because they started off so hot and there was so much hope in Montreal. Oh, man, we, we even said, like, I don't know, I did at one point probably that they were an elite team, right? It was the 1-2 because yeah. – of the team, like they just they seem to have figured well, it you, out. And you weren't alone in the bubble. Yeah, right. in fairness, you weren't alone. Everyone thought they no. were this juggernaut of and, a team, right? Because they just seemed to mesh well. No, there was no elite player, but they seemed to mesh well. And then all of a sudden, you started to see. Well, you know, every time they play Edmonton, like Connor McDavid can just take over games, right? Mm-hmm. And there are just times where you you lose to Ottawa for no reason. And yeah, this, that, and the other thing. And then all of a sudden they're you're right, they're fourth. And they're just kind of sitting. They're lucky that the Ottawa Senators have been so bad. They're lucky Vancouver had this big COVID. They're setback. lucky Calgary hasn't stepped up in the way that they should have all year. Calgary okay. also kind of sold though, right? Like Calgary wasn't doing anything. They weren't major, expected except, to do it. Except they got rid of Sam Bennett. And now all of a sudden it seems that they found a bit Better. of motivation from within. Yeah. And now they're they're just they're they're competing, but it's not like no. you know, if, if Calgary steps in the place of Montreal, either way, you know, it's it's tomato potato. They're yeah. they're the same same. It, I'm not like, whatever. either of them seem like a very complete team right now. No. It's you, you we, it's wild everywhere. because if any team goes on the run that Montreal's been on the last three weeks, four weeks, give or take, they would be out of the playoffs in any regular season. But like, there's something about this year. Like, I guess Vancouver being out of games helps a little bit. Like, they weren't catching up. But like, Calgary just doesn't want to grab the ball. Ottawa's not good enough to do it. Vancouver's been out so long that they just haven't had a chance. Like, it's just they're losing so many games and nobody's catching them because it's just there's nobody that's winning right now. Like, they're losing to the playoff teams. Ottawa just kind of also always likes to play that upset, it seems, too, especially late now. They're, they're winning. They like, you know, win the games they should not reason. win. Yeah, right. and, and it's just it's frustrating to see, especially when you're one of these bottom teams because, you know, it's four points realistically every game, mm-hmm. and that sucks. Yeah. No, you every, know, every game's a four point regulation, especially yeah, if you lose in regulation, that's it. Yeah, well, that's you know, like the – even at the top where things actually matter, the Jets played the, the Leafs for two games in a row and like they were four points back they had a chance to tie us up in the top of the standings and they'd lost both and now they're way back well, and like dude they're, they're 12 they're, points back yeah, yeah their chances don't look as good now right like yeah. it, it in a matter of a week like it was they were tight with us when we did our last friday podcast and now it's not close anymore and it's it's crazy what difference it can make when you play within your division yeah and now they've not lost Nikolai Ehlers, and you know, brutal. which is huge for the season. That that's going to set you back huge because they had one of the probably they were always in competition with the Leafs for top six, top, right? Like who's top, who's top nine, even like like just full on depth was just for really sure. But top six was where you definitely could make your strongest case of which team competes best with Toronto in this division in a top six. Yep, they were, not, they were, and that was them. To it. Yep, but now without that, and especially with the Leafs showing that. Connor Hellebuck is not Superman to them. Connor Hellebuck can play regular. Connor he can Hellebuck. have off games. He showed it. Go, he can go on streaks where he just doesn't win anything, right? He doesn't save his, what he needs to. Yeah. And even still, man, if Winnipeg – I think if Winnipeg sees Edmonton in that first round, Connor McDavid is on a whole other level right now. And why is that not going to carry over to, to the first playoff round? Especially – like, Especially, <laughs> like, their last few games have been against Winnipeg and, like – Winnipeg did not look good. In any they don't do games. anything, man. Like, Hellebuck didn't look like they wanted to, to even try to stop anything. No. You know, and once that, he got the first one, it's like, okay, whatever. But that's it. the issue is that 
this isn't like basketball where you can kind of go, okay, I'm going to let the superstar get theirs because you're not going to score 100 points. No. Right? You can't just let McDavid do his Connor thing. Connor McDavid really... can score five points and you score three, and that's it. He wins the game, and I think <laughs> he'll do it. The Leafs have shown it this year where it's just like, with that team, if you can manage to shut down McDavid, you got a really good chance of winning that game because they did that for every time they beat Edmonton this year. They shut down McDavid, and they kind of let Dreisaitl walk a bit. Like, he, he wasn't doing what Dreisaitl can do, but they, they shut down McDavid completely, and the depth of that team does not have it in them to beat anybody else's depth. Like, if you neutralize both first lines and it's just one line is shutting down that McDavid line, no, that depth of Edmonton isn't running with any other team in, this, in the playoffs for sure. It's I, Mike Smith is also a very emotional goalie, and, and he right now has for sure been able to lock down, I think, a lot more starts than people gave him credit for. You know, they, they gave Koskinen the, the crease and said this is what we're going to roll with, and he's mm-hmm. kind of just taking it back without anybody saying mm-hmm. anything about it. But – he is also capable of really bad games, you know? Yeah, he is that's capable. They of both just, have it in them to lose if they really wanted to. Like, it's not. Uh... Mm-hmm. There is no team right now. Like, I look through this division, and, and there's kind of no team where, I guess, besides Connor Hellebuck, but he's been on a bit of a, a stretch. But it's like no goalie is, is for sure. No. You know, even Carey Price right now does not, if they make it, it's not guaranteed that Carey Price will see every single game that Montreal plays. I don't think he sees any. Right, and that's I'm, like he might because they respect the shit out of him there, mm-hmm. and I get that. I mean, he's a good guy, and he's been a part of your franchise for so long. But like, if I'm Montreal, Jake Allen's my starting goaltender, and I've said that all year long. Jake Allen's a better goaltender in 2021. I know Carey Price used to be a good goalie. He's not really that anymore, and he's hurt, and he's coming off of this concussion problem. I don't know if I trust Carey Price going forward. If I'm Montreal. Especially, especially against the Leafs, if that's their matchup, because he doesn't look all that great against the Leafs when they play each other. And, and then the question goes to ask, why did you bring in Jake Allen then, if not for this situation, right? If not for the insurance of Carey Price is bad and Jake Allen is going in, then why are you hesitating to make this yeah. move of we're going to throw him in? Exactly. You know? No, exactly. Um, it's strange. Um, anyways, back on but, the Leafs, because that's all we're looking, here for. Dude. That's what we're here for. Um, They're a freight train rolling, okay? Woo. Can, woo. can um, we give now, them the credit that they deserve? Beside the goaltending, which is whatever, because... It's been good lately, too. Who, Dave, Dave who gives a shit when you're in the other end? The camera doesn't reach both ends, so if <laughs> camera's in the there other end... There was one point, and I was sitting there watching the game with my parents last night, and they're like, oh, Riddick is playing well. I'm like, yeah, Riddick's had 15 shots tonight in the third right. period. And he like, no shit he's been playing so well. <laughs> His rebound control was yeah. awful in that shot. Gave it right to Miller. Like he, scored, to uh, he scored the only goal on himself. Right. Because that puck was going way wide of the net, and he, like, booted it in. So, I mean, hey, as long as you can hold teams to that, you're not getting scored on that much. Like, you're even if you can score on two or three times. You're going to hold Vancouver to that, for sure. sure. But they but, held Winnipeg to, like, under 25 twice. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, they have the ability – the Leafs have shown the ability at times this year that to shut down teams defensively. Like, they give up nothing at times. There's times when they'll give up 35. But there's other times, a lot of times, when they give up under 25. And if they can manage to stay consistent with that, then I think they'll be okay in the playoffs, not just in the first two rounds against the Canadian teams, but in the third, maybe fourth round, if they can make it that far. 
when they give up 35, though, I think that, you know, we're coming on the podcast saying they're struggling to score, right? That's usually where it's from. It's not that yeah, they've just they don't given have the pocket 35. That's what, yeah, it's not that they've given up 35 and they've taken 40. It's, yeah. it's for some reason their offense is just they don't get the puck bounces. They're not getting anything around yeah. it. They're not getting out of the zone as, as easily. And then a lot of these games where they do let in, you know, 25, it's actually like 17 for the first, you know, two and a half periods of this game. And mm-hmm. then the, the half where it doesn't matter, that's where Vancouver turns it on or wherever, you know, insert team here turns yep. it on. Yeah. And then they, they, they give up a couple shots, right? But mm-hmm. they've dominated the, the game, right? I watched that Vancouver highlight just the last game yep. just for coming on. And that's yep. all it was. It was the Leafs in their end. And then a shitty goal by David Riddich. Like, that's it. Riddick. Yep. Yeah, it's – I've said No for, save Dave still. No save no Dave. No save Dave. NSD. Um, I've said for years that when everyone's always talking about, oh, they need a they need a big D-man on the back end. They need to trade a forward for a D-man. It's like I don't think the defense as a unit have ever really been the problem. I think team defense has been something that's been non-existent for the past three, four years. And I think now you're starting to see a different Leaf team that is a little more aware of what they need to do as forwards in terms of keeping the puck out of their own zone and doing a good job of holding possession so that they aren't getting shots against. And you've seen that in the last three games. This is what the Leafs should be every single night in the two games against the Jets and that game against the Canucks where it's just like they have the puck, you're not taking it from them. And if they continue to do that, that is the play style that they need. They need to be able to keep teams away from the puck and just have it the entire game is the game plan. Because if you don't get shot at because you have it the whole time, you're not going to get scored on, plain and simple. And I think they're starting to kind of, I don't, I don't know what to call it. They're trying to base their game plan around that in a sense. Like they're looking towards like not giving up the puck and just having it the entire time so that the other team just can't get shots at you and just swarm the puck when they get it, take it back and continue to hold on to it. It's worked really well for them lately. I really like it. Um, one player I do want to bring up because we brought him up on the on the previous quote unquote podcast that didn't get released. Um, there was a tweet that came out a little while ago. It was on Saturday or Sunday or something like that. And someone asked, uh, "Would you rather?" You have two options here. Would you rather trade William Nylander and re-sign Hyman and Felino, or keep William Nylander and lose Hyman and Felino? To that. I would like to say, can we have a third option where we keep Nylander, keep Hyman because you're losing Freddie, and let Felino walk because who the hell cares? It's Nick Felino. It's not like you're losing some superstar here. Even still, if I have to go with one of the two, I'm going with option one of keeping William yeah. Nylander. I'm not going to let. <laughs> Whatever option lets me keep an absolute superstar no. on the team, I'm going to take it. Look, I like Nick Felino. I think Nick Foligno is a great hockey player. But I would give up Nick Foligno 13 times if it meant keeping William Nylander. Like, I think Nick Foligno brings a lot to this team. He's in the way a lot. He's really good defensively. He's a pain in the ass to play against. But he can't score the way that William Nylander can score, and he can't do what William Nylander can do. You're not where you are without William Nylander. No, God, no. So, you know, Nick Foligno and Zach Hyman go so far for great – you know, energy pieces in this team. Sure. If you Fantastic. need someone to bring the, if you need someone to bring the puck in, or you know, the goal. Are you telling me that the goal that Nylander scored last night, Zach Hyman and Nick Foligno are capable of making no. a play like that? Not no. even the goal, but, but making a play like that and being involved in that kind of goal. Like, no, it's not going to happen. William Nylander's goal on the four-on-four the other day 
where he rips the puck from whoever the hell it was, who cares, mm-hmm. and sets up the play there, gives it to Sandine, Sandine gives it back, and he just looks gorgeous the entire time. Like, if you're not looking at that and going, ah, William Nylander might be more of a two-way player than we think, then I don't know what to tell you anymore. Like, you're clearly not watching hockey games. If you're thinking there's more value to having Zach Hyman and Nick Foligno than there is to having William Nylander. I'm pretty sure he stopped that puck with his skates mm-hmm. and then started going. Like, yeah. that's how now strong he is yeah, and dude. aware he is. And then you look at last night's game, and Austin Matthews' goal was him and Joe on the boards Bad. getting it, give it to Marner, and then he's gone and he's out. And it's a two-on-one, and Vancouver, once again, didn't care. They just lollygagged up the ice. Perfect pass by Marner. They're just outworking, guys. All the stars on this team have reached a point where they're just here to outwork you defensively and offensively, and they're just going to continue to do that, and William Nylander is a part of that equation. Those are plays that you used to see from this Toronto team where they would try to go in with this offense. They would get beat, and they would not come back. They would not have their forwards be playing defense. It would just be complete two-on-one three-on-ones and now it's going the other way they're not letting that happen as much anymore they are they're blanketing these average goalies Mm -hmm. right before it was we need freddie because there's nothing else that we can do to stop these shots yeah now it's we don't even need freddie because we have so much team defense that 25 saves is gonna be what you need to get us the win yep yeah I mean, the goal, no, the, this, goal ten, the goaltending situation has been interesting. It's, it definitely has. It's been a, it's for the first time though, in a while, it's been like a, it's been a carousel of goalies. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, what's been interesting about it. Like I know from a Tom Brady experience, it's weird now seeing a couple different quarterbacks mm-hmm. in and not knowing realistically who's going to be your starting and ending yeah. quarterback at, the, at that whole season. There's obviously a little bit of, questions i guess we'll call it if you're mm-hmm. a Leaf fan and like what's gonna happen when you come into the playoffs if freddie comes back and where you stand goaltending wise but as it sits jack went through that tough stretch of like two or three games where he just didn't really look like the jack at the beginning of the season but jack i think is coming back down to his average a little bit more now than what he was there like i think he was way too good to start the year that's not jack gamble but I think he was also way too bad in the ones where he just couldn't save a beach ball. I think what you're going to see out of Jack Campbell is what you've seen the last few games where he'll make the saves that he needs to and he does a good job. He'll make an odd, the odd spectacular save here and there, but he's just a good goaltender. And I think right now, if that's the Jack Campbell you have going into the playoffs, I think you feel comfortable. Um, obviously, there's no comfortability there if Dave Riddick is the guy that's going in net because I don't know what's going to happen when Dave Riddick's in net. Dave Riddick can make seven straight on 10 bell saves. And then Dave Riddick can let in a shot from like the blue line through his legs when he's just sitting there staring at it. And I, I think don't. A lot like, of it is is him out of position making these saves, and then some nights it's him not making these mm-hmm. saves, and that's you know he, he's he brings the horseshoe to his pads yeah. up his ass every single night because he seems to find a way. I even saw once where I thought it was going to be the Vancouver goal because he just the way he got up and tried to get back to the post, it looked like men's league, you know, where the goalie was just like, oh, if I get there, I get there. And if I don't, then it's going to go in. And luckily Vancouver just fired it wide because otherwise they would have been in the back of the net. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel warm and fuzzy when he's in there. Now, no. I all signs seem to point towards Freddie coming back for playoffs. Whether or not Freddie is your starting goaltender come game one, 
that's up to Sheldon Keith to decide. And I'm glad I don't have to make that decision because who knows what Freddie's going to be when he comes back. You've seen Freddie at his best and you've seen Freddie at his absolute worst this year. And you don't know what Frederick Anderson is going to show up come game one. If you have to start that guy. This to me is kind of like more funny injury reserve players. Like I think across all sports because they just seem to be answering with, we don't know. Yeah. Like, Oh, we don't know. And I'm not really sure when that's ever been accepted from a team or especially for yeah. this long of just saying it's like, kinda... oh, is Freddie coming back? And they're just like, oh, we don't know. And now Maybe. we're guesstimating because it's like, okay, look, he's been pretty healthy. He's taken part in these practices now, or, you know, he's doing these drills and then boom, 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 playoffs are going to come. Okay, let's put him in there. Let's see it. Yeah. But then also there's, there's Jack Campbell, as we're saying now, who realistically deserves that shot in net because yeah. he took them – this way, you know, Freddie started and then Jack said, I've got to carry it on by myself. Now, I think it was this time last week where I was talking about Jack and saying like, well, he hasn't really grabbed the, the reins. Like he's had a, he's had a chance and he just never really grabbed the reins and ran with it. But he's kind of reaching a point now where it's like, you know what? He's kind of starting to grab these reins a little bit. And like, if he can just kind of buckle it down for the next, what is it? Six games left. If he goes out there and he looks like Jack Campbell did for six games, I think you just ride with Jack Campbell for now. Cause He's starting to take over again to the point where he looks like he could be your number one goalie going into the playoffs. Whether or not that holds, who knows? Because he's a little he's been inconsistent his whole career. So you never know. For me, but, they they all they will both or all three of them will get their names on the cup. So let's use them then. And if sure. we look back, like nah. the, if you can go and say, hey, okay, but <laughs> I don't know say, if I want to use Riddick. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying that you have to. And like, obviously in a pinch, in a real pinch, if you yeah. need to, but, but mostly the two of them, right? So if you need to go and say, Jack Campbell is starting game one, mm-hmm. your leash is non-existent. Or you're out. But your leash is non-existent. Like yeah. I'm holding you in my arms and yeah. we're going There's out no there. There's no leash. Play. I just right. have you, and if you yeah. screw up, I'm just going to put the other guy in my other arm out there. And that's it. Yeah. And because and that will either be really good because you're going to have these goalies go on good stretches or it's going to fail completely because you were just going to constantly be unsure of what's in that, and sure. your team is going to struggle to play in front of that. Sure. It's, it's eerily similar to what happened in Washington the year they won the Cup because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we have the same level of goaltending that they had because Holtby was unbelievable that year, but – you had Holtby to start the year, and he was their starting goalie, and he just didn't have it. So they put in Philip Grubauer, I believe it was at the time, right? For game one. Yeah. Game one was Philip Grubauer. And he looked the, terrible. He yeah. looked terrible. And they switched it, and Holtby ran with it the rest of the way. You could have something very similar to that this year with Jack Campbell and Frederick Anderson. Dude, even you know people say Matt Murray won Pittsburgh those cups, but like Marc-Andre Fleury played almost as – If like, it wasn't was for Marc-Andre short... Fleury, they wouldn't have any. I'm pretty sure the first round or maybe even some of the second round games. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he got yanked in the Ottawa series the one time. Right. So don't try to tell me that Matt Murray is this almighty goalie savior. It takes two to tango apparently for some, mm-hmm. some teams, and that's cool, and that's why you have them. You yeah. shouldn't feel – you know, you shouldn't feel weird to use them in a game, No, you know, and, and to use that to your advantage. Yep. Uh, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Because you weren't a Leaf fan. You've never really been a big Leaf fan your whole life. Did you get the warm and fuzzy love that everybody else had on Nazem Kadri when he was here? Uh, Did you kind of get to feel that? No, I always thought that he was like a misunderstood Hmm. player here like it was it was a wrong system for 
you know, when especially when Babs was around, he right. wasn't Didn't that really kind fit. of player. It's Didn't a really weird, fit. it's a weird system to be in Toronto because you kind of need to just just go with whatever's happening. Like, and they look at the team that he was on too. You can't tell that he was in a team with with these stand up guys, with these really team building guys, right? Yeah, and and that's tough to be a part of. I I liked him as a player. I think that you know I actually felt that they the Leafs had been a little hosed when they yeah. made the trade originally, for sure, because now, he was kind of turning it around. Sure. I, I really like Nazem Kadri the person. I like Nazem mm. Kadri the player. I think he was a great Toronto Maple Leaf. But at the same time, I understood the trade and why he needed to go because he made a lot of mistakes in the playoffs that cost the team two rounds, realistically. Now, they made that trade. Realistically, the trade was Kadri for Barry with a throw-in of Kerfoot, just mm. kind of offset salaries and stuff. Um, I don't know why to this day, people are still trying to compare the trade between the two of them and see like, who's better than who. But for some reason, a lot of Leafs nation has this like rock hard on for Nazem Kadri and what he was here. And it's kind of clouding the judgment of what Nazem Kadri is in 2021 because everyone's just so out on Kerfoot right now that it's just like, they believe Kerfoot can do no right. And that Nazem Kadri would have been the savior to this team. Um, I pulled some numbers on the two of them between Nas and uh, Kerfy. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see what the the direct comparison is. So Nas this season, all situations, power play, five on five, everything. He's played forty seven games. Kerfoot's played fifty, so he's got three games in hand. But Nas has played seven hundred and eighty minutes. Kerfoot's played seven thirteen, so he's played less time in more three more games which is crazy uh he's averaging uh Nas is averaging 16 36 curve is averaging 14 15 they are oh i didn't write his number down uh Nas has 10 goals curve has eight Nas has 18 go- uh, assists curve has 13 so the numbers are 28 to 21 in terms of points in a little bit more time for Nas. so the point numbers relatively similar like they're close um, the difference being Nas has played 154 minutes and 24 seconds on the power play with Nathan McKinnon. I might add, uh, Alex Kerfoot has played 25 minutes and 43 seconds on the PP two unit of a team that has not scored that many power <laughs> play goals this year. So the offense numbers are coming from that in terms of the fact that Nas is playing six times as many minutes on the power play with Nathan McKinnon than Kerfoot is playing. So you can say, their offense is almost identical this year. Now, I had people – I, I kind of talked – I got into conversations about this on Twitter, and I had people go like, well, Kerfoot's not good defensively. All right, depending on what stats you want to use, I'm going to go basic because I hate plus minus, but I'm going to go basic with it and use it. Kadri's minus eight, just for fun. Kerfoot's plus four. So if you want to go really basic numbers and go with that, Kerfoot's got the advantage there. Nas has 28 hits. Kerfoot has 35, so he's out hitting him. In less minutes, I might add. Um, Nas has... I think I have those backwards, because I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure Kerfoot has 28 blocks. Nas has 15. So he's out... He has more block shots than him, too. So he's out hitting him. He's out... He's got, he's got more block shots. Like, I don't know what more Alex Kerfoot needs to do to convince people that he is exactly what Nazem Kadri was and is currently to this day. But he can play the wing. I honestly think that he's he's better for the team than 
than what Nazem Kadri would have brought in, right? It's too tough for for Kadri to have the flexibility that Kerfoot does, and yeah. you know, especially like let's look. He at was the a price center. Nazem Kadri well. is a center. Okay, so the price tag was there. It was also the insurance piece because Tyson Berry came here on a one year deal and right. he left and. Everybody kind of knew that from the start yeah. because Tyson Berry didn't make any big statements or any big moves when he got to Toronto to stay, right. like to say, look, I'm going to stay here after this, no, no matter what's going to happen. You knew and, he was going because we couldn't afford yeah, it anyways. Exactly. And like when a player doesn't commit to anything during the year, it's there's a real good chance that they're going to go to free agency. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're not committing to something at the beginning of the year, what's what's going to change your mind at the end of the year? No. Unless you don't, unless you win a Stanley Cup, which was pretty far-fetched for that Leafs team. Yeah. So Alexander Kerfoot is that pillow from the fall that you lost when Nazem Kadri left, right? Like yeah. your line two so, center was gone. That was exactly my point too, is he was the insurance piece, like the throw in in this deal. And you would you could argue that statistically, Nazem Kadri and Alex Kerfoot are almost the exact same player this season. Offensively, defensively, they're doing the exact same thing, just in different roles. Kerfoot's not playing power play time with the best player in the world. It's it's wild that way. Now, I understand why people would say the trade is a loss because they lost Barry, but realistically, getting anything out of Barry last season still just neutralizes this trade because you have two of the same players in Kerfoot and Kadri to me. It, it, there's no point in talking about losing Barry and getting one season out of Barry when realistically you took that Barry spot and filled it with the guy you wanted originally in TJ Brody anyways. Now, would you have liked to see TJ Brody here last year? Yes. The reason you didn't see TJ Brody here last year is because this almighty being of Nazem Kadri decided he didn't want that trade to happen and said no to it. He said yes to going to Colorado, didn't want to go to Calgary. So the only reason you didn't have TJ Brody last year was because of this man that you love so much turning down the deal. So let's not act like he was such a big fan of the Leafs and loved everything they did because he was the reason we didn't get a better defender out of that deal last year. But it it kind of helps now though, right? Because you I have love Kerfoot still now. I'd rather have Kerfoot Brody, Brody yeah, every day. Absolutely. So to me, almost the patience pays off and you come back with a way better team. And for sure, like the you know, Adam Kadri, you gave him the right to to choose not to go there, mm-hmm. and that's cool. And then you you kind of did probably get a better deal out of it. I like the deal we got. I'm yes. not sure what Barry you gotten with it's fine. Barry walked, but, but you Barry got a better. Fit. You have a better D man on your back end because of it. Barry didn't fit in that system because no. it was either Tyson Barry had to change his game or Morgan Riley had to change his game, and neither could, neither, neither wanted, wanted to, to, neither sh- but neither should have. No. Right, they're that's why they they got into the league, right? So then Edmonton just comes along and also says, "Yeah, you know what? Fuck it, we'll take you because you fit in perfectly to what we want to do, and that's just score the puck." Tyson Berry's thriving in Edmonton, right? Because they don't care about what your plus minus is; they care about what your goals and assists are. Yep, just put up points with those two incredible hockey players that we mm. have, and you'll be fine. He's currently got forty-one points, right? Forty-eight games. Yeah, dude, he's on fire, and it helps when you're playing with. You know, Jesus on ice. Yeah, he's and on his disciple like, in a regular. Season. Just, hmm? He's on pace for seventy in a regular season if he played eighty-two games. That's insane, right? Like, welcome back, Tyson Berry. That's that's exactly the Tyson Berry we thought we were gonna get, and he just he couldn't handle the Toronto pressure, which I fully understand. Toronto sucks to play for because the media is garbage. But my point being in all of this, what Edmonton pressure is there in an empty stadium? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> 
my point being here is that you have a neutralized trade in Kadri for Kerfoot, realistically. And if you can't see that, I'm sorry, you're just not paying attention. Or you just have this vendetta against Kerfoot because he's not Nazem Kadri. I get that. I understand why you love your guy. And because uh, Alex Kerfoot isn't your guy, you're going to think that he's garbage. But if you actually watch what Alex Kerfoot does, he is very similar to what Nazem Kadri currently is today in 2021. And I will live and die by that one. It's just a better team guy anyways. Mm-hmm. Why would you want somebody who's like, I get it. He turned it around and he, you know, he started getting into the system a little better at the end of his yeah. Toronto days. But at the same time, why do you want that? I don't know. Why do you want any kind of to kind of trail that when you're trying to build, especially when they had the young impressionable kids that were, you know, just coming around. Yep. He kind of, he kind of was part of that older Leafs attitude of, we just want to win like this weird culture of it's all about winning. And that was yeah. it. Right. That was kind of what the, the strategy was, was that the Leafs are just about winning. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to give up first round picks because we're just going to get players that we think are going to help us win now. Yeah. And now they didn't do that. They built a culture and Nazem Kadri didn't fit that culture because he grew up in kind of a culture on his own. He was really the only like he was the only holdover left. Him and Mo, I guess, yeah. were the kind of the only two from that team that wasn't very good. But Mo never came in with an attitude. Mo never came in with this hot shot mentality. He kind of was just felt quiet right away, you know? He fit he fit into the defensive core of who was there teaching him how to play the game. Yep. yep. And now he took it over. Yeah. And Crazy. I don't know where people are getting it from. Uh, briefly, we touched on Jumbo Joe. He scored. He's the now the oldest uh, Leaf to ever score in the regular season, at least. Uh, we actually went into this big discussion about who all time. We still haven't figured it's, it out. But no, I'm, it is. It's it got to be Gordie Howe, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's the oldest by like years. Yeah. So he, he played till he scored in his seven hundred in like one of his final seasons. So it doesn't yeah, so, matter, right? As soon as right. it's yeah. All right. Well. Jumbo Joe, why, probably not going to play as it. long as Gordie Howe did, but uh, it was really imagine? cool to see him actually get one. I think he's got two since then, or like two total. But, yeah, good for Jumbo. You'd love to see it. Uh, we also talked briefly last time about the dirty-ass Leafs and how dirty they are and just what a ruthless team. We don't have to go back into that discussion because I think it's been played out enough and people understand. But it got brought up again today because last night, I think it was last night. What day is it? Today, Friday? Yep. Yeah. Last night, the Leafs played the Canucks, and people are talking about the Edler and Simmons fight. And they're talking about how if you if you want like this is this is the most ridiculous part. There was a tweet from Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet, and he was saying that the the players didn't really respond and they didn't say anything about it. But if you're the Leafs, why are you sending Wayne Simmons, who has however many career fights, against Alex Edler, who's never had a career fight, instead of sending someone more hit like? Get the fuck out of here with that. Alex Edler threw a dirty knee on one of our top six forwards. You can't do that. There's repercussions for your actions in the NHL. You can't do that. There's repercussions for your actions in the NHL above what the suspensions hold. You can't hurt one of the best locker room guys on the team and not expect to get your face pounded in by the only guy on the team that's actually known for fighting. No. The thing for me is that, you know, the Leafs made a lot of line changes that night. So you could have thrown in a Scott Sabrin, let's say, or, you know, 
even appear Engvall to just go in and scratch well, Engvall him was up. in, but Engvall, like, Engvall's right. not going to... he was more of a sniper last night than anything. Yeah, holy shit. Dead. Right. Apparently, the key to Pierre Engvall is to just keep him out of the lineup for a while because he comes back buzzing. Yeah, I'm understanding yeah. the point that, that they're making, that Wayne Simmons really took advantage of, especially when Alex Hedler kind of just puts his head down and lets Wayne throw, and he, like, he, he's throwing... He didn't have to sure. take the fight. He doesn't have to, but he but understands he did, that he has Because to. he knows what he did, and There's the players on his team understand what he did. Like, that was the big thing. In this guy's tweet, he straight up said, the players didn't say anything. That should have been the end of your thought. Once you realize that the players didn't give a shit that it was Wayne Simmons versus Alex Edler, you should just stop. Because they understand you can't do stuff like that in the NHL and not re- face repercussions for it. Plain and simple, like, yes, Wayne Simmons is a lot tougher than Alex Edler. Wayne Simmons is going to beat your wheels off nine times out of ten if you're any player in the league. But Wayne Simmons is the guy that has to do that for the Leafs because he's the guy they brought in to do stuff like that and to protect your guys. You're not going to send Austin Matthews, who has no career fights after him. You're not going to send William Nylander. You're not going to send John Tavares to go send a message because that makes no sense. You can't send Alex Kerfoot. You were going to earn your eight. Kerfoot, you were earning your stripes by taking on Yeah, like, Edler. come on. You're getting in there. You have Wayne Simmons for this reason so that you can lose him to the box for five minutes and not feel that bad about it. That's his job. If you're Alex Edler and you don't want to fight someone, then you tell him, I'm not taking you. Send someone else. Or you don't need someone. I think Wayne Simmons would respect that. <laughs> like, or you he don't understands. need someone. Yeah. Don't do that. Plain and simple. Like, you don't want to face anything. Do not throw a knee at somebody, plain the and players, simple. And I think Alex Edler knows that. The players now who make those plays are honestly usually the ones who will answer the bell for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. We see the, the Kachucks do things, and who answers the bell for them? They do. Yeah. Right? They yeah. are willing to at least, like Nick Ritchie is somebody else who is all over the penalty box, and when someone goes to fight, he'll still accept his own fight. You know, he understands. Yeah. He's kind of that way. So, Alex Edler is not, though. And I that's mean, not something Alex Edler's not a that. Kachuk, but I think he's also a respectable guy in the fact that. that he knows. It comes with that territory. You've been in the league long enough to know that this, once something like this happens. You have to man up. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, man, the Leafs, they didn't have any, like, none of the young kids that got put in that lineup are going to go. Mm-mm. So, like, Wayne Simmons absolutely is the one. And, sure, Wayne Simmons probably went a little above and beyond, but he's also trying to sure. prove his worth in this franchise. He's and protecting like, look, his guys. He loves that dressing first, room right now, and he's dude, protecting this is his, his first David Clarkson moment, okay? Remember when David Clarkson decided, I'm going to hop the bench for no dumb – for, yeah. like, no, yeah. no good reason nothing fight in the preseason. Yeah. The dumbest reason ever. But that was it. That was his, like – Look at me. Hurt. I'm here to do my job. Somebody's hurt our teammate. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to show you guys that like, I'm going to do it to I think, perfection. And bottom line like, is I think Alex Edler knows that. And I think mm-hmm. he respects that. And I think 95% of the Vancouver Canucks roster knows that. And I think they also respect that because you didn't see anyone take any liberties with what Simmons did from the team. They know, they understand. They know what Alex Edler did. They know that if anybody on the team did that, it would be Wayne Simmons coming at them. They knew that when he threw that hit, that Wayne Simmons exists on this team for that reason. So I don't see the players getting upset about it. All it is is the Vancouver media and Vancouver fans being upset that they're one of their fan favorites. Because I know Alex Edler's a well-liked guy. I get it. He's a good person. 
but he got his wheels beat off by someone that is way stronger than him in terms of fighting. And I get it. I understand where you get upset by that, but you have to understand that there's a respect in this league and you can't do something like that. Plain and simple. I believe that is it for hockey. There's not. There's not. Oh, you got not. more. Okay, go for we it. We officially have the 32nd oh, NHL yeah. team. The Kraken. They're the in. Seattle Kraken have made their final payment, mm-hmm. which means now they are able to go after free agents. Mm-hmm. They're able to make trades with teams. Nope. It's going to be neat. It's going to be really cool next couple months. Everybody is able to make their final draft <laughs> for which players they are taking. Cool. We are going to talk about it. Lots. We are going to get the boys buzzing. Yeah, sure. It's time now. This is it. It's in. It Kraken are going to be fun. I'm excited. I think their their whole look is really cool. I think the Kraken yeah, are going to be a lot of fun. So, Maybe they're not good. They're definitely not going to be what Vegas was. But Jeremy is, is taking this team because he's yeah. going to get in the NHL. He said, you That's know what? This one? is going to be the team I'm running sure. with. Sure. And absolutely. We are going to pump it for him. He's one of the listeners. We will make sure that this Seattle Kraken. We'll talk contest. about the Kraken. Cool. I'm in. <laughs> We'll call it um, Let's Get Cracking, and that's that's the segment right there. <laughs> I love it. Um, Pittsburgh and Washington also clinched. That was the other hockey thing I missed, but yep. that's not all that important. Also, Pittsburgh, buzzing. Dude, Just saying. Jeff Carter, Just saying. back for another cup? Yeah. Remember when you said they weren't very good? They're not. They're not, but they they're are. buzzing. But they're good. Casper Kapanen, do you see? I'd be worried. I'd be worried if I'm in that division, man. That team can play. They can but win on any said- given day. I've also said you could convince me of any for like any of those top five teams even going all the if way. New York, if New York made the playoffs, they could go all the way. Absolutely. If yeah. Lafreniere it's decided like that he's going to be the first overall pick, the the McDavid next coming, then yeah. sure. Then maybe. Yeah. So that's hockey. Um, before we get to the Blue Jays, I want to talk about Bryce Harper. Um, if you know me at all, you know how much I love Bryce Harper. The guy's been my favorite Ooh. MLB player since he's been in the league. Um, I, he's just fun. He's just fun for the game. He's great. He plays the game hard. He's been really good this year, like shockingly good. Um, Bryce Harper was playing the Cardinals the other day, and is it? It's Genesis. Is it Cabrera? I forget his last name. I know it, his first name is like Genesis, which I think is really cool. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, he threw a ninety-seven mile an hour heater that caught Bryce square in the nose square like Bryce turn and bop square in the nose um and if you see Genesis Cabrera was right if you see that play you're thinking Bryce Harper's done for a little while there's gonna be some facial fractures obviously maybe a concussion May, there's definitely something going on in there some contusions there's definitely some contusions Bryce Harper puts a video pain. out yeah oh definitely some pain there's pain Bryce Harper puts a video out on Instagram that night and goes hey guys just uh, wanted to come out here and talk to you. Uh, all good. No problems. I'll be all right. I'll see you soon. No fucking issues with his face whatsoever. Nose is fine. No cuts. Maybe concussion. They're putting him in protocol just to see. And they're <laughs> testing him today. But it doesn't seem like there's anything there. Literally nothing happened to this dude who has a face made of concrete, apparently. Because that is insane. 97. Straight to the face. No problems. Bryce Harper absolute man that's insane that's a that's a real man there that's insane that's insane i don't understand there's some uh, there's some men in this league and they prove it at points that's not even that's not even a man that's like inhuman that's just a machine oh my god that is 
That is unheard of. I would be out for weeks. I would wait till that thing has. I would never come back. I'd be done baseball. Probably. Ninety-seven to my face. I would never come back to baseball. Anything up and in, I'm oh, running back to I'm the out. dugout. I'm out. Um, on that play, Janisus Cabrera. I I don't. I try not to to harbor hate for the guy because <laughs> he didn't mean to do it, obviously, and he didn't mean to hit Didi Gregorius with the next pitch. Are you being a little biased right now? No, I, maybe, but I'm not, I just don't like the Cardinals, and I think I've made that well documented. I'm not a big Cardinals fan. I don't, I don't like their organization. Um, but if you're Genesis Cabrera and you clearly don't have your command, don't throw your next pitch inside. Go outside with it. Like you just hit Bryce in the face. Don't take your next pitch and try and throw another inside fastball. Or, you know, take – four miles off it. Just make sure you throw a strike. Cause like, and I, I get it. Mike Schilt couldn't do anything about it. Cause like that stupid three batter rule and you couldn't take Cabrera out. I get it. And I understand why Cardinals fans are trying to defend it, but that's on Cabrera to try and make a good pitch. Like you can't do that back to back batters and not expect to get yelled at and get, get some sort of criticism for it. I love what Joe Girardi did. Huh? No, they they warned him after that once Joe Girardi came out and started yelling about it. And what Joe Girardi did was hilarious because he started complaining and he tossed Cabrera. (laughs) Like, he pointed and threw him out. So then he got thrown out for that. But then he literally looks at him on the way out and goes, throw it over the fucking plate and walks out. And Schilt didn't like that. He's yelling. I'm like, Schilt, you have nothing to yell about, man. Like, he's right. Like, throw the ball over the plate. You're a major league ball player. You should be able to throw a strike two pitches into the in, in, uh, into your outing like that's i don't i don't blame him but use some common sense and if you know you don't have it maybe don't try and paint the inside corners right or throw as hard as you can yeah take just something get something the, in just throw you know? something across the plate throw a slider get something in throw, throw some type of breaking stuff like maybe you have that throw today. An, throw an opening game throw you know the way that all the celebrities do it or something throw a just, 50 cent fastball doesn't matter yeah <laughs> Just throw something other than that. <laughs> um, That's the Blue awful. Jays. That is really bad. I'm in the corner of my room now where all of the Blue Jays stuff I is know. now, too. You're so just it's just like, welcome to stuff. the Blue Jays corner. I got a bunch of bobbleheads up here you can't see. I might yep. need to adjust the camera placement. Um, I think you just need to put a little shelf. You can kind of fit a shelf right, like right here. There. Oh, I have yeah, more stuff yeah. to go here. I just haven't oh, hung it up yet. Put a little bobblehead there. Yeah. So anyways, the Blue Jays back in action tonight after a day off yesterday. They got George Springer back in game two of that Washington National Series. You and I are a little indifferent on uh, why they did it. I think it was great. You don't think it was great. That's an argument we could have for an hour and a half. But, hey, it happens. I think it was a good decision. Brandon doesn't. It's okay. It happens. I think uh, it went according to plan. It worked. They got a day off after his first game. He DH'd in game one. I don't know where he is Maybe or if he's in the lineup he, tonight. He kind of arguably took a game off in his in his first plate appearances. He took that whole game off. <laughs> As he was really old take, for everything. He didn't really do a whole lot of anything in that game. No. Um, I didn't expect him to. It's his first game back in a while. <laughs> He'll be fine. I'm not worried about George Springer right now. But uh, obviously he didn't impress in his Blue Jays debut. But I like that they didn't put him in to face Max Scherzer to start. You're trying to give him a chance against not Max Scherzer because I don't – Eric Fetty's fine, but he's not great. Uh, obviously, it worked, didn't work out, but whatever. He gets the day off, comes in tonight against the Atlanta Braves. I don't know who's pitching for the Braves. Do you? Uh, yeah, Drew Smiley. Oh, 
He's still in the league, eh? Yeah, All dude, right. he has a 7.2 ERA, so <laughs> we don't have to capitalize on that. We... So the bats are buzzing. Hopefully we can get to Drew Smiley. Who knows? Drew Smiley's had the Jays number a little bit in the past, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, uh, George Springer's back, which is great news. Other great news, Teoscar Hernandez, healthy. Not sure if he's in the lineup tonight, but he's definitely so. back he's on the roster. Is he in? Set to return. So I'd imagine Perfect. maybe he so fills that assume... DH spot or something. That's where the question lies, whether or not you keep George in the DH spot and put Teoscar out to right, or you give George a spot in the center field for tonight and see how he feels. Who knows? Bottom line, Teoscar and George Springer are both back in the lineup. Great news for the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, with that being said, that meant they had to demote some guys. I don't know who's getting demoted for Teoscar because they still haven't said that, but in order to make room for... George Springer, they had to send down Rowdy Tellez. That sucks, obviously, because I think Rowdy's a good guy. I think he deserves a spot on this team, but obviously he wasn't really contributing to start the year, and it it lost him a spot on the team. I think realistically in a normal year, you probably would have seen Grichik go down, but you couldn't do that this year because Grichik's been on fire, and he just earned his spot in this lineup, as we've mentioned numerous times. And Rowdy just didn't have it. Hopefully he figures it out down there. Obviously you don't need him because you have two guys in Springer and Teoscar that are likely to DH a good chunk of time here while they're on their way back. So it just made sense to demote Rowdy. Now, I don't know who the next guy is. I'm assuming it's Jonathan Davis, maybe? I would would have to assume so. I I I would much rather see Jonathan Davis down. Yeah, I like Jonathan Davis. I think he's a good player, but you don't need him right now. So that's would, well, it would be that or I think Espinal, right? Which is it's kind of not what you want to see. Espinal brings a little more diversity. I would like to see him better than Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis to me is is, is kind of what he is. He's been around the Jays organization enough for me to know exactly what he's going to bring. Yeah. And I, you know I what, don't Josh? think that that's crucial to this team's success, especially when the balls are sailing over. Mm-hmm. The fence, right? Yeah, I'm not worried. Um, no, it's great news, though, regardless. Yes, mm-hmm. you lose Rowdy. Yes, you lose um, JD. They're both uh, probably going down. Springer and <laughs> It's a net positive when you look at who's coming back in. You have arguably your two best hitters coming into the season. Not anymore because Vlad's the best hitter in the MLB. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> the fuck? I, I, buddy... I've said it once, and I'll say it again, and I might be saying it a little more seriously this time. Vladimir Guerrero's winning the AL MVP this year. Tell me I'm wrong. Have you? If you look at Vladimir Guerrero, oh, I've Guerrero's seen the numbers. numbers. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking at the numbers. And I've if you seen. look at what the team is doing around him, mm-hmm. how are you going to tell me anybody else is having the impact on their team that Vladimir Guerrero is having? Where they are going to argue anything they can. Against oh, him. I know they will because he's a Blue Jay, and people don't like seeing awards come to the Blue Jays. He's no, at 421. And, I don't know. I don't and know. And he's in a minor league ball in a spring training ballpark. So are the teams play here. Mike Trout played here. Some people say it. I get it. He's still hitting 421 with a 511 on base percentage. Man, I'm not. 737 slugging percentage for an OPS of 1.47. That's unbelievable. He he's now. Unreal. It's just. Oh, that was a spring training. Hold on. Give me a second. Hitting 346, 474. Yeah, I was going to say, he's not hitting 420. He's 346. He's hitting 346, 474 with a 667 uh, slugging percentage and a 1.14 OPS. Sorry, I was off by 0.1. 
Guy's unbelievable. Seven bombs, 19 RBIs. He had seven RBIs in the one game. Like, he's just picking the team up, putting them on his back, and running. He has 17 walks and only 15 strikeouts. If the guy took over that series from Max Scherzer. Oh, oh my God. Took over that. Just said thanks. He made Max Scherzer look like Max Kepler was on the mound, man. Just (laughs) unbelievable. He's been great. He's been the Blue Jays' best player by 17 miles. The Jays put out this poll on Twitter and, like, who should be our player of the month? And it was between Ryu, um, Gritch, and Vlad. It should have been Vlad, Vlad, Vlad. That's it. Vlad won, like, 97% of the vote. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen Twitter votes go that one side in my life. Just walked away with it because he is the best player on the team, and I think he could arguably be a top two or three player in the league right now. Right now, I don't know how you can argue anything other than that. I think that he is a very good reason why the Jays are where they're at. He has shown the progression. He's hitting in the clutch spots. You just saw a three-home run game, which he didn't really follow it up with. Like He single-handedly uh, won them the game. An abomination. Yeah, he's seeing the ball well. He's just swinging the bat so now. He's been on base every game except for one. That's it. The guy got intentionally walked with two guys on base. Take that in. It's crazy. I love it. You do not want to have him. You don't want to face him ever. Look, you don't want him on the bags either. Okay. No. It's nice now that if you can if you walk him, you got Tay Oscar behind it. But yeah. Um, other big Blue Jays news. Nate Pearson is off the IL now. He's going to the triple A site to get some work in there before he makes his major league debut. That is great news that he's actually playing games now and he should be ready to go. They were saying sometime mid-May, okay. which is maybe one or two more starts, and he's back. That's unbelievable to hear. Hopefully, Nate Pearson can be Nate Pearson and everything he's hyped up to be. Obviously, he has to stay healthy. That's been a big issue so far in his very short major league career. Hopefully, it's just a, it's a one-off, and he'll figure it out from here. But if that guy's doing what he can do, you're going to have a good time because he can throw hard for a no. long time. It's it's real high risk, high reward too when you feel hard now. Because you can blast it right past them or yep. you can get absolutely crushed every game, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Kevin Biggio a little bit. Because Kevin Biggio is still taking hate from people. I you'll always take hate. I get it. yeah, I get it. Kevin Biggio when you're now grouped into the big three here. Yeah. That's the thing. When you're this is now the problem. in the conversation of the, the Bo and the Vlad mm-hmm. and now the Cabin, like that was it. Is that he once you get roped in with those two, those two are elite hitters. They're they're not mm-hmm. you can't be compared to those two because they're way above what you're ever gonna be. Cabin Biggio is a phenomenal player in this league. He's having a tough stretch. But it's not it's what Cabin Biggio has been in his time in the MLB. And if you think that, I don't know what to tell you. If you look at back so before this season, he played 159 career games in the MLB, which is like the average of one season. So I think it's a good thing to look at. Um, so over those 159 games, he hit 240 with like over a 365 on base percentage. I couldn't calculate it. That's too much work. So he's, <laughs> he's got an OBP over 365. Um, he has 112 walks, 184 strikeouts, which those, that's not fantastic. But 76 RBIs, 24 home runs. That's pretty good. That's, that's serviceable as a like as a guy in your lineup he's not going to be your three four hitter he can be your one hitter he can be your nine hitter he can do stuff like that it's great 
In 2021, he's played 159 games. He's hitting 197. He's got a 308 on base percentage, which is nuts. He's over 100 points higher Wait, on his OBP than his average. No, he has not. Sorry, that many uh, sorry. His 20, 2021 pace would be 100. It would be 150 okay. over 159 games. 197 average, 308 uh, on base percentage. He would be averaging 199 strikeouts, which is more than his pace. 80 walks, which is significantly less than his his uh, regular pace. 32 RBIs, which is half of his regular pace, and 16 home runs, which is almost half of his regular pace. So, like, what we're seeing out of Kevin Bijou right now is not what Kevin Bijou is. He's currently 39 points lower on his career average than, like, this season. He's currently 39 points lower than his career average, 54 points lower than his on-base percentage, and 87 points lower on his slugging percentage. So he's not hitting balls in the air as much. He's grounding out more. He's grounded into more double plays in 20 games this season than he had in the previous 159 games prior. It sucks. This is just not what Kevin Biggio is. It's not what he's been. You've seen that he can be a good ball player, and he'll continue to be a good ball player. Now, the defense sucks. We know that. He hasn't been good on defense, but he's played like, what, 16, 15 games at third base? Maybe. I don't have the number in front of me, but like, it takes time. You're going to have to learn it at some point. And I think you've got to live with the growing pains here and let him figure it out. He's also made some nice plays at third that people don't want to talk about because it just doesn't go with the narrative. He can be a third baseman. He's just currently working out some things. Like, he, the throw is hard. It's incredibly hard. <laughs> it's not an easy throw to make. And... I think he's going to take some time to be able to figure out how to play third base. And I think we need to relax on the whole, let's send Kevin down to the minors because that's not something that would work. I think as Jays fans are just so spoiled for so long to have the third base locked down and to have these highlight plays coming out of that side of the field. And now you're not seeing that you're not getting consistency out of that position. And even still the whole team is kind of falling apart on defense, right? We've seen Bo boot a bunch and, and not coming around like, now, but yeah, absolutely. But, but you're right. He, he, he was, just, he, he started the season like garbage. Yeah. And you know, it was last year was, Oh, well, is Vlad going to be able to play for first base this year too? How is he going to be able to stretch it for yeah. Like everyone's got defensive issues. Mm-hmm. And the, I think that the biggest issue is that, Vlad is able to hit his way out of any trouble. Right. Bo kind of the same deal. And then you look at Kevin hasn't done it. Not, and he's not able to get himself out of trouble that way. Right. You can make up for a defensive lapse. If one, it doesn't go on the scoreboard or two, if you go up the next at bat and do something positive. The thing with Cav is he's had some great games here lately. Like he's had, he has two, three hit games in the last five, four, something like that. And he's got two games where he had two walks. Like, he's doing Kevin Biggio-like things, but, like, he started the season so bad that his numbers now just really don't impress you because his overall season numbers aren't very good. But, like, in his last week and a half, he's been a decent baseball player, like a good baseball player again. The fans fans are not the only ones who realize the hype of a team and pay more attention to a team, right? People took note of the Jays and said, hey, here's their lineup. And especially when you're still getting healthy and you still don't have the big bats that you thought you would – then they're able to zone in on other players like Kevin and really take them out of the game and then really minimize the Jays' chance of winning because they don't have the one through nine like we no. talked about all year. They have the, you know, one through five, and then yeah. six, seven, eight, nine is like, holy shit, kid, are we going to get through this? Mm-hmm. 
It's going to um, be quick. It's going to be a quick backup to the order. On that note, too, you'd have to think Kevin Biggio knows that this team is supposed to be special, and he, he openly admitted like he's, he was trying to change his approach a little bit, which I think was wrong from the start, and he's kind of going back to it, but he wants to do more for this team, and he's trying to hit more, and he's trying to, he's trying to do more damage, which I don't think that's Kevin Biggio's game. I think once he gets back to that patient hitter that just lets the ball come to him and does his thing, I think Kevin Biggio is going to be okay. But as of right now, I think he's stuck in that same thing we're in. Like, this lineup is going to be great, and he wants to be a part of it. He doesn't want to be the nine-hitter. And that's where he's been pegged for so long. Is like, he's going to be that nine-hitter guy. He doesn't want to do that. That's never been him. So he's trying his best to make a difference, and it wasn't working. I think he's starting to come around more to what Kevin Biggio has been in the past. He could also be feeling that pressure of, if I don't perform, then my name will be the lead in whatever trade happens. Right. Yeah. If that's if yeah. that, if that kind of is what happens, and they right. say, "Look, we know Kevin's been struggling, but we like what he has as a prospect. We want him first. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to say, "Yeah, okay." When he's batting under two hundred, mm. that's a lot easier to give up, especially if you're yeah. getting the player that move you on. want. If you're gonna move right. on from one of the three, if you're getting the pitcher that you want to go get in this, like at this trade deadline, you may say, "Look, it starts with Kevin." Like, and he's hitting under two hundred still, and you're like. Oh man, you know what? Yeah, it would be tough to lose him. You're not getting rid of a guy that's hitting 250 and like with a 400 no, on base percentage. But you're, he's it's not a really lot a... harder to go to management and say we don't want to make this deal for the player that we've been wanting this yeah. whole time because yeah. of this, right? Because yeah. we like him, right? That's right. that's tough to say because we like him. I am hardcore against trading Kevin Biggio, but in that scenario, I think you're right. I think he could be thinking like if there's someone that's got to go, it's it might be him. And that it's definitely it definitely puts pressure on him, right? Yeah, it's it's just it's a tough. It, Toronto isn't a tough market based on the fans, right? Not the same way that the it's not, not the Leafs same, bad. It's not, not the it, same way that yeah. it's the Leafs, but it is definitely there. There is a different kind of pressure. You still have to perform. You're, you're the nation's team, realistically, right? And yeah, we're scattered fans, you know, and they're not as as heavy in places and not as concentrated. But there are fans everywhere. everywhere. And no matter where you go, you know, even the Seattle games, how many times they joke around that you go to Seattle, it's almost like another Toronto home game. Yeah. But that still kind of, kind of weighs on you. Like you're, you're in a, the only Canadian market and you have something to prove. Nobody gives the Jays anything easy. Nobody comes to the Jays and say, Hey, we're going to trade you the, like the players that you want. Right. Yeah. Are you you kidding me? Would Boston ever have looked at the Jays and said, so Mookie Betts, like he's up. (laughs) Never. No. You know what I mean? Even though they're in the no. same, for sure. Nolan Arenado. Hey, you need a, a yeah, something at third base. Not. You want to come make a trade? No, not even. It would have been way too much. Even when we saw Lindor. Yeah. Why oh, was yeah. the price so much higher? Why did it feel like we were kind of being hosed? Because we... We're the little brother of the league, essentially. We're realistically kind of little brother of the team, yeah. And, um, you know, winning back-to-back World Series still didn't prove anything to anybody, apparently. No. Which is fine. But for me, man, it's... If you were not, I heard this the other day, like if you were not a New York Yankee or you're not a Boston Red Sox or you were not an LA Dodger, realistically, it's hard to get any care. Yeah. yeah. Besides those three teams, there's, you there's not going to get. There's the big boys at the top and then everybody else is just kind of there. Right. Yeah. Why is why is Mike Trout? It sucks. Never, never first name out of your mouth. Why is Mike Trout not LA? the biggest thing in the sport just off of face value? Like I know right. he's the best player in the sport, but he's not the biggest. Why is he not your poster boy every single year? I don't know. He's also why is the why is the logo not look after him? Well, I I have more to talk about Mike Trout later, so I'll save it. But for sure, yeah. Um, we have one final bit of Blue Jays news to get to that I just really don't want to. 
we'll, we'll, um, do you want to scan through uh, it? We'll, like, we'll do wanna... I don't know enough about what he did, but Roberto Alomar. No, maybe that's that's probably true. But Roberto Alomar has been, I don't want to, essentially banned from the MLB, I guess. I don't, yep. I don't know the word they use. But he's just been removed from any position he's had with the MLB, um, including the Blue Jays, who are going to remove the banner they have hanging of him. And the he's off the level of excellence and a bunch of other things. He, he had a role with the Blue Jays. He no longer has that role. He no longer has the role between Puerto Rico and the MLB that he had. He had some advisor role that he was helping the league expand. Um, because of sexual misconduct that took place apparently in 2014, I, I think I'm, it's not a lot has come out about this. So I really don't know, but uh, it happened. It stuck, sucks. Whatever he did, stupid, you're an idiot. And it sucks because Roberto Alomar is a legend in the, the Toronto Blue Jays history. Like I just, he was, I never watched him personally, but he was still one of my favorite Blue Jays of all time. Just watching videos back of what he did and like the player he was and the work ethic he had and all that, and like just to go out and do something this fucking boneheaded was just ridiculous. Now, he made a statement on he posted it on Twitter, but his statement was, "I am disappointed, surprised, and upset with today's news. With the current social climate, I understand why the Major League Baseball has taken the position they have. My hope is that the allegation can be heard in a venue that will allow me to address the accusation directly. I will continue to spend my time helping kids pursue their baseball dreams. I will not be making any further comment at this time." Now, I don't think that's how you approach this. It doesn't, if you're Robbie really, Alomar. doesn't really scream like I'm. Um, I think he could. Back I, or... I think he thinks he's innocent. Personally, I I'm assuming if they did this though, there's enough proof there that to prove that otherwise, that's not the approach I would have taken if I'm Robbie Alomar. Like you don't just go and be like, I think this is a stupid decision. But huh. I don't know. We, we don't really have a lot to talk about with him, but. We had to talk about it a little bit because this is a legend in the Blue Jays organization and everything that the Blue Jays have been. And it sucks to see a legend fall like that. That is fucking boneheaded. But yeah, wrapping up the rest of the league. Uh, we talked on Monday on the podcast that no longer exists <laughs> about uh, Madison Bumgarner's quote unquote no hitter that doesn't count. Quick, rapid fire, seven inning no hitter. Should they count? Yes or no? Yes, it's a game. Thank you. It's a game. If, it's a if game. You schedule, it's a game. If you schedule seven innings and you pitch seven innings of no-hit ball, it's a no-hitter. I don't think Madison Bumgarner walked into the beginning of this game and said, hey, you guys cool if you only play seven innings? Yeah, you yeah. cool, you cool. He okay, didn't awesome. decide that. No, exactly. He went out for his start. It still counts as a start. It would still count as a loss if he lost it. Mm. It still counts as a win if he wins it. Why does it not count as a as a complete game no-hit? Like, it is a complete yeah. game. No, exactly. He went the whole game and he threw a no-hitter. What are you going to do? It's not his fault that they scheduled seven games, seven innings. If if you're not going to count this, don't count combined no hitters. Right. Because the, the pitcher didn't How go the whole you? game. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Stupid. Uh, and then Fernando Tatis and Trevor Bauer got into it. There's some fun quotes. You can look them up if you're listening. You want to hear about it. But basically, uh, Tatis hit a homer after looking down at the signs in the middle of the at bat. Absolute Bush League move from Tatis. I hate it. It was fun what happened. I love watching what happened. But that's a Bush League move from Tatis. I never want to see it happen again. I love Trevor Bauer's Trevor Bauer was great. If you're going to do that to anybody, it's got to be Trevor Bauer. Daddy will tell you. (laughs) I love that. That's so funny. Honestly, like, 
it it adds to it. It it makes it that rivalry. It was really cool. Great. Yeah. And I hope that there's I hope that this isn't the end of it. I hope that there are way more so much of this. I love fireworks, this. man. There are gonna be some benches clearing. It's great. I love it. Oh big yawns. Uh the NFL draft was last night. That's it. <laughs> you okay? I don't really care. I have something in our final segment on the draft. I think that it's it's really funny how they've made such an ordeal out of this. Like, there's like concerts going on. It's you know, so they're going to houses. It's so they're stupid. just yeah. Why is it a ten minute timer? Do you I mean, need ten minutes to pick your guy? Why does the first overall pick get a timer? The first overall pick should be up there with Goodell when he comes to the stage and you go, "Here you go." The Jacksonville Jaguars have selected. Especially when like, you've you said know, it for you know. Why are we sitting ten minutes? Or you know who you're picking. If you're the second overall team, you know who you're picking because it's either the guy they took or didn't take, or the guy you wanted. I think the coolest like, thing about the draft, though, was there's actually four players who got drafted to, to a team with their college teammate now, and a lot of them are like quarterbacks who are young. So like uh, Jalen Hurts and Jalen Reger, I think, okay. are now back together. Cool. Um, Tua Tungavailoa and ooh, not Waddle. Oh, I'm trying to go on the name here, but another one of his like was Bama teammate. Okay, um, um, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne got drafted together too. Right, they got drafted together too, and then cool uh, even Joe Burrow. Right, so but what you're seeing in that is the NFL has a lot of young like they're pairing their young quarterbacks with the wide they're receivers young. they yeah. found success in or with and. You know, it, yep. I hope to, I'm cool. loving to see it. It's going to be cool for the next year. I'd like to see the Jags come out of this. All right. Um, I don't really know. I don't like the Panthers pick as the Panthers fan of the group. I think it was <laughs> strange. Was I don't the cornerback. Yeah. They went with the corner. They needed to address the corner position. So I get it. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that Justin Fields was on the board though, and they didn't take him despite the fact that they're trusting Josh Darnold as a quarterback for one season now too, because he extended, but. I found that strange, but whatever. It was an interesting decision. Now, the biggest news of yesterday wasn't even the draft, which is crazy. Like, on the day where the NFL draft, and people love the NFL draft for some reason, on the day that it happened, the biggest news. such a big deal out of it. That's yeah, why. Yeah. That's like the, it's this, a TV the funniest thing. thing. It's like yeah. the fu- it feels like the Oscars is what it was. But the uh, biggest news of the day was that Aaron Rodgers told the team he's disgruntled with the team, and he wants out of Green Bay. I think that's reasonable, personally, because I think drafting Jordan Love was a joke. I don't know why you did that to Aaron Rodgers. He's got time left. Let him fucking live it out. Um, So, yeah, respectfully, he's pissed off. I get it. So, he wants out. I don't know how quick that happens. I don't know if it's this week. I don't know if it's next week. I don't even know if it's this year. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be a Green Bay Packer anymore, which I think is crazy, but... I think one interesting thing that happened that day. I'm going to be tinfoil hatting this a little bit. Carolina moved their quarterback out in Teddy Bridgewater. The exact same day that Aaron Rodgers decided he didn't want to play for the Green Bay Packers anymore. I don't I don't I don't want to say maybe that Carolina's in. But Carolina no. was notably notably in on Deshaun Watson. Did you see his list? Though? I did not see his list. He said San Fran, obviously. Right. California kid. The Raiders. And the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos could... Does he have a no trade? 
Is there is that a thing in the NFL? I don't think that's that's not a thing in the NFL. He has a he has a get me out of here trade right now. Yeah. That's exactly what he's done. Because he I think said, if, get me if, out of if here. you're the Green Bay, I don't give a fuck what your list is. If you're trying to right. get out of here because you're pissed off at us, I'm trading you wherever the fuck I get the most. I don't care right. where you want to go. Right. Like I don't need to show you any respect if this is how you want to leave. But um, he honestly, I thought that if I thought that San Fran was going to get rid of that third pick, I thought they were going to go for him. Why would you not take Aaron Rodgers? You sure. know they believe. So look at this. They're two years out. From a Super Bowl, right? They are last year. They were gutted by injury. Mm-hmm. So why would you not just say, "Look, we believe"? I think they're a Super Bowl then. team with a quarterback. Trey Lance is not, especially oh. when you have Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Like it, trade them. I think Jimmy them. G can be good. I don't think he can be good enough. He's, I think obviously Aaron Rodgers manager. is better. He's a great game manager for sure. He's able to really get you into a position to win. But when it comes down to to actually winning these big moments, he won't be able to do it. No. There's quarterbacks you can see, they just have that in them. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy G just hasn't shown that yet. He doesn't have that next gear that you need. Yeah, but if they stay um, healthy, I, I can see that team making a Super Bowl run. I don't know if they'll be a Super Bowl team, but they could make a run for sure when they're healthy. Like Raheem Mostert's gross. Debo Samuel, when he's healthy, was unbelievable. And just there's so many weapons on that team that I'm not even I'm blanking on who, but like they're good. And they look good when they were healthy. What on Green Bay? No, on uh oh. San Fran. They see they've had like really just just fast players. Their backfield has been like three player committee. Joey Bosa is gross. Right. No, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa is gross, but their defense is as scary as can be. Now, Joey's in uh, L.A. Ah. He's in the Chargers. The Bosa they have is disgusting. Either the Bosa way. they have was gross, but he was injured. He Richard hurt. Sherman was even still there, right? Mm-hmm. He, did, like, he was good last year. They've got players there who are really good. They did lose their defensive coordinator to the Jets now for the to be a head coach, so that, that might change some things. Yeah. But at the same time, they're still – yeah, they're still dominant, man. They're they're great in all the right places. I the think they're gonna be fine. I, I can hold up. Um, okay, now I will be scorned if I don't fix all this. Right. I will be gutted because I got almost all the names wrong okay. of which which wide receivers <laughs> accompanied with okay. <laughs> their quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Devontae also, Smith. Yeah, yeah. Was. George Kittle is on Saturday. Right. On George Kittle like, is, they're, they're, is unbelievable. Yeah. The best the best tight end. Yeah. Like, come at me. I don't care, Travis Kelsey. George I don't Kittle. care, Rob Gronkowski. George Kittle, George hey, no, Kittle hey. does so much. I just didn't. I just put Gronk in a league of his own. Look, look, no, George Kittle. Watch that man. Even though he's not your atypical tight end, the fact that he's still up there, he's, he's, he's great. Yeah, yeah. So Smith, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. right? And then there is Jalen Waddle, who went with okay. Tua Tagovailoa because they're both right. Bama. He was in Bama. Okay. Then yeah, then it was Jamar Chase, who was with Joe Burrow. Okay. And everybody was was concerned because they thought, oh, like offensive line or even defensive help for Cincinnati. But like mm. you are now buying into Joe Burrow as our guy. And if you want to see it's bold play, you lost AJ Green too. Let's yeah. be real. So yeah. like fill him with one of the best, we're with the best wide receiver prospect, right? And then as you said, Trevor Lawrence, man, Trevor Lawrence, that, that's gonna help you huge in a system mm. that is kind of now they're they're cushioned to to fail isn't as long as it was. You know what I mean? Like they don't have as much room. The Jags are going to be interesting. I think the Jags showed at times that they could be a decent football team last year. And like with James Robinson back there, 
I, I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're good enough to compete. But, no. but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a decent win. rookie year. And then I think they're better than one win. And that's yeah. all that matters. <clears throat> they're going to get better. And I think they're going to be a decent football team in the future. Uncle Rico can go back to selling Tupperware. <laughs> and uh, let, uh, let Sunshine take over. And, yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. This ball a quarter mile. You know? You want to see me throw one over those mountains? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's, it's Ronnie Bass versus Uncle Rico. <laughs> Four, four starting QB. How jobs. dare you? Take? How dare you compare Trevor Lawrence to the legend that is the blocking machine, Ronnie Bass? Come on. Watch that movie the other day. And it's just insane watching him that, just go from quarterback to absolute monster on defense has, and blocking the one fucking, long One oh. long throw that gets him on the team and then never does anything positive no, again. No. As one long I mean, he throw, turns into a bit of a monster. When he tells him to get through the block, like let him go and yeah. then just dummies the guy, that was oh. kind of cool. But as a quarterback. Oh, like he didn't ever do much as a quarterback. You never he didn't see him do anything. And then he just blocks the entire team while fucking what's his He's name? Great. Rev is just running the ball. It's great. He's great. It's great. Uh it's great. yeah, it's that's great. all we got from sports. So we're gonna go with the thing we've kind of missed for the last couple of weeks. We're gonna go a little drip gonna do a little dripper drop. Yeah. I have three things today. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I think we might have done one, maybe two already, but we're gonna talk uh, about them again because I got more points. <clears throat> my first thing it ties into what we were just talking about televised drafts drip or drop oh froze there hello oh my internet connection is unstable there you go you're there a little better now all right try again I just really didn't want our uh really no, they don't want they don't want to know our opinion Televised drafts, drip or drop? Uh, I'm going to – which ones, though? Because <laughs> there's, there's All, ones that do, as right? a whole, there's ones that don't. As a whole. I'd, I'd drip it. I, I like drop that. I think that people like it. I really? drop them no. off a fucking you cliff. You want to see it, man. I absolutely hate the draft. I, I don't understand why you want to watch it. It needs to be quicker, so but slow. here's the issue is that, no, it just needs to be quicker, but the issue is that, let's say your guy, you, you're second, and you want the guy that gets chosen first, then you have to come up with, you don't have like, or even if you're 14, and you all yeah. three of your options are gone. Sure, no, I You're going to have five, it. six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You're going to literally make a list. I get it. And then, you but know, why are we televised? Why do I care to, to watch it? I'm dripping it. Why do I care to watch it? All it I'm is it. is some kid from college that I don't know that walks up on the stage, gets a hat, and then they talk about pretending to know what he's going to do in the NFL for the next eight minutes until the next team picks. It's like, why do I care about what you think about the, what this kid might be in the NFL? How many times have these guys been wrong? Or the NHL, or the MLB, or the NBA? Like, who cares? Never wrong. Like, Every I just want to know who went what where. What are you talking about? What? They're, what are you talking about? Lost. Every prospect? everyone's hit nobody's ever missed it's just like i don't need it to be televised all it is is you walk up on stage shake a hand grab the jersey and go look at me i got drafted there's gonna be a picture of that for the next 100 years just tell me who got drafted to my team on a list do a live thing you're fine i didn't need to watch any of that draft last night to know who the panthers got 
It's just, it's so stupid. I hate it. I think it's the dumbest thing in sports. I don't understand why people watch the draft. It's like I've had multiple people on every single draft. Like, oh, you're going to watch the draft? Go why the, the fuck draft. am I going to watch the draft? The draft yeah, people go. People go to oh, it. My God. So you don't people even get, get like the commentary there. on what they think this guy's going to be. It's literally just like the no. Carolina Panthers select. What the fuck was his name? Um, <laughs> JC J- 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 Horn is who it was. And you just sit there. Ten minutes later, they come up. So and so, yeah, in New York, Roger Goodell walks up and boom! Like holy Christ, it's so stupid. Yeah, the NBA, the NBA draft when the the New York Knicks drafted Porzingis, they booed him. Brutal, it's brutal. Like, what the fuck is the point of this thing? Just draft your players and move on. I don't know why I have to watch it on TV. It's so dumb. It's a three day event too. Like, what? Why? God, it's so stupid. Um. Do you have one? You ready? Yep. I do. Okay. Dripper drop. Yep. Yarmir Yager playing a 34th pro season. Oh, drip it. Fuck it. Play till you die, man. If you can still hack it over there, you can hack it over there. Why not? I, I don't want to see him he come back to the NHL. It's not worth it. He's, he's going to play for the team he owns, which is funny. Okay. But he's going back for his – yeah, he said he's not done. You know the kids that play because their dad's season. the coach? How awkward is it that you play because you're the owner? <laughs> you know, you know semi I want to see Yarmir Yager survive. Just, this is this is Jackie <laughs> Moon in the flesh, in real life. Um, That's I want to see where he got the idea. I want to see Yarmir Yager survive in hockey until he turns 52, come back and play in the NHL until he scores, so that he is the oldest player to ever score an NHL goal. That's what I drip. Do it. Why not? Um, yeah, I, I, like, I like it. it. I like it. Um, my second thing, this is the one I think we might've talked about tank top jerseys in the MLB. Tank top jerseys. Tank oh, top we, we kind of did. I don't know if we talked about I, it in this segment, but we did mention it. I don't it think we've done it in this life. segment. I think if they're done right. I think when the Reds did, it was kind of cool. I think that also helped that Michael they, Lorenzen was just a, a animal. Lorenzen and Puig <laughs> and Dietrich and like they have the most yoke guys in the league. He's in the swole team. Right yeah, you know what they won't do? They won't put Nick Castellanos. In no, no. The Cincinnati Swoles were out there just like wrapping the tank tops. It was kind of cool. I like that. I think the Rockies old tank top jerseys where they wore the t-shirt underneath. I think those I like are kind of neat. I don't hate them. I would probably I drip them a that. little bit. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't drop them. I think they're fun at times. You can't wear them all year. That's stupid. But what the way the Reds did it, I think that was cool. You got any more? I do. All right. Hit me. The Florida Panthers will represent the Central. They will beat out Tampa. Mm-hmm. They will beat out Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they will beat out if Nashville or Dallas or, let's say, Chicago. Okay. It's in. Right. The, Car- the Florida Panthers – are going to be one of the final four teams. Oh, you're giving them a big run. I, they're coming I out of the, the, the central. I drip it. Why not? I think they could do it. I think Tampa has shown flaws against Florida this year. Florida's got some depth. The only – Florida added Sam Bennett, who's been on fire. Yeah. The game breaker for me is Andre Vasilevsky because that guy can just win you a cup by accident. So – that might make me say no, but the way they're playing right now and the way they've played against those teams this year, sure, why not? Oh, I can um, see it. 
Spencer Knight is mm-hmm. uh Bad. game started two. No. He's three and oh with a one point six seven goals against average. Florida's fucked. Florida just continues like, to do whatever. The best goalie you have is your backup. Then your starter's making ten million. Um Jonathan your second best goalie has fifty eight points in yeah. fifty two games. Yeah. Let's just crazy. Um, your second best goalie in Florida is now a 20-year-old kid that just came up. Your third best goalie still isn't Bob. It's probably Devin Levi. <laughs> so, like, your fourth best goalie is making $10 million, which is crazy. Yeah. I hate that team. I'm going to I'm gonna drip it. I think it. they're going to be good, but I hate, I I hate that team. I love Alexander Barkov. Yeah, they're they're cool. I don't. I like. I don't. I just have this internal di- just cool. distaste for that team. I don't know what Why? it is. Just, they shouldn't be good. They're from Florida. Same with Tampa. Like I've just never liked either of the two teams. I think it's just like, wrong with saying with saying hockey in Florida. You know, it's just not right. Just it's not right. But it's not like Nashville because Nashville you shouldn't be playing hockey either. But their fan base is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They love it there, and like it's, it, it's fantastic. Work. And like Vegas, same thing. Unbelievable fan base. Okay, Vegas is different though because Vegas is is not a fan base. Vegas is anybody going to visit Vegas? It's a tourist attraction. Wagon. Yeah, the Golden Knights it. are a tourist attraction. The really. Golden Knights are always the home team with the most fans because it is new fans every night. They are just okay. like, oh man, I'm a Vegas fan tonight. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. And they are wild. Now, Florida, Tampa, Arizona, like teams like that. I, like, why do you exist? You like nobody watches you play. You're in a state where there's no such thing as hockey. I just don't like teams like that. And it's just a, it's just like an unnecessary distaste for me. I'm like, I don't like it. It's stupid. Drop the teams in the southern states that don't have fans. <laughs> um, I have one final one. Mic'd up players during baseball games. Drip or drop? Drip oh, it. Drip so hard. Want to hear it all game? Even oh want to do God. NFL. They put a mic on hockey. Mike Trout the other day. Of course, it was they fantastic. Did. It was my favorite thing of all time. I love Ramon it. Ramon Laureano. What was the greatest highlight of it? Laureano, fantastic. We already talked about it a bit. I know. Um, what was the other one? Just the other day, Freddie Freeman and uh, Anthony Rizzo. That whole situation. Anytime you put a mic on Anthony Rizzo or Chris Bryant, it's fantastic. There just um, there's some guys who. Just live Love for it. Just, like the, just, the game just, is so casual that yeah, they need that also. So it much helps personality them. in these guys, and I think that's how you build a fan base. Is like you get to see how great these players are on the field and how fun they are to play. Even Mike Trout, who is the most boring human being in baseball history, I loved listening to what he was saying on the field because it just made him interesting. I'm like, wow, he's actually hilarious. It's just, it's great. Oh, you're also able to, like, get a sense of, yeah, like you said, like, who these players are. Yeah. And, and now separates them from just, like, oh, he's that athlete to mm-hmm. this is the person that he is, right? Yeah. This is yeah. who he is on the field as well, like, fully who he is on the field, not just as a player, but as a person on the field. Yeah. Right? And it's cool. He's- I think it would be even cooler when you get them in, you know, on, like, first base, let's say, with Rizzo, because, like, how many people get to first base? And they and just chit If you're getting right? on base, you have to go to first at some yes. point. Yeah. And I love, I love when they have to say to them, like, yo, we're in a mic. Because they know yeah. that something inappropriate is going to um, come out of their mouth. Vladimir Guerrero the other day on first said something to Yandy Diaz after he got hit in the wrist. <clears throat> and he was dying of laughter. But Yandy Diaz looked at him like he was going to murder him. 
And that's the situation where it's like, I want to know what Vlad said there because I think it'd be hilarious. But, yeah, you have Mike Trout out there talking to Carlos Trash Can Correa and talking about Call of Duty and, like, just joking around with him. And then he's talking to a fan behind the thing, like, hey, do you golf? And he's like, oh, what'd you score? What'd you score? And he's talking about a score. And the guy asked him, he's like, oh, do you golf? He's like, no, I got a kid. love it he was only on the road <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking priceless i love him oh it was great man like yeah. you've never seen character at a mike trout and you just throw a mic on his chest and you just great great now, guy i've seen it's mike awesome. trout at a golf range just oh, keen balls yeah. off yeah the swing is the same like it's a baseball swing it is. exact yeah, same it's amazing like, crazy it is incredible that guy's an animal that. absolutely i love to see that yeah now drip or drop right all of the alternate jerseys like do you feel that alternate a whole, jerseys no, drip are a market yeah, no i love it i love you it do? i know people that hate it i love it i think like i, I get it. so bored of the same two jerseys no, it's like I, give me something new and cool every year i want i want a home away and an alternate and that's it you can change that alternate every year i don't need to see miami Oh, you mean like an extensive number of alternate you know Like the NBA yeah. does, almost. Yeah, like just, yeah, just like for it. money. You know that's just for the fans. You know that's just to draw revenue. Like even the MLB kind of does it with these. You know, they yeah. usually have a home, away, and alternate, but then they'll do Mother's like a Day, special group. Father's yeah, Day, just kind Veterans of, Day. You know their money oh, yeah. grabs, yeah. Now, I'm a fan of a new alternate jersey every year. I'm, I, I'm with you. By the way. Okay, I'm with you in the sense that, like, if you have, like, six alternate jerseys one year. No. Like, the NBA does way too many alternate the jerseys. The Canada Day one I love because yeah. it's red. It's the Blue right. Jays. It happens once. Cool. Like, you wear it one day. Once. You go and like, I like I like the, what they have now with the blue, the white, the gray, and the baby yeah. blues. I think that's a good set. And then, yeah, you can throw in the Canada Day jerseys. I'm the, fine the when NFL, they want to throw in, like, the 4th of July jerseys. The NFL color rush jerseys are so shit. <laughs> Like, come on. You're trying to make Jacksonville look cool? Change their colors. That's how they look cool. Yeah. They don't need this, this I, I'm, I gold. Get, I see your point there. Like, there's too many you know, per the, year. The Dallas Stars neon. Are we yeah. kidding? I think I special don't events. I when I'm playing. Like, when you have the NHL games, like the outdoor games, I think they need to do a different alternate jersey for those. Like, I like that. I think that should be a thing. But, like, you shouldn't have three different alternate jerseys. But, man, when, when the Leafs played – Detroit in one of the first outdoor games, yeah. or the first, if I'm not mistaken, like they were wearing what? <laughs> like they had an alternate. Though. No, Detroit, they had an alternate there, but like it was an older alternate. It it gave back. It just it yeah. wasn't these. No, that's what I mean. Like you colors. go to like a like a modified version of your older jerseys. That's what the Leafs have done pretty much every time I think. But I don't know. I I don't. I I agree with you in the fact that there's too many alternates. Yeah. Basketball's the worst for it. Hockey's getting pretty bad for it. Baseball, for the most part, pretty clean on alternate jerseys. It's just like you have your jerseys at the beginning of the year, and that's it. But they do a lot of, like, a day event. Like, like the Players Series where you do, like, last year they had, like, the all-black uniforms and the all-white uniforms, and that was all it was. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like that. but Right. But Did you see any of the, You didn't watch any of the draft, though, sorry? I, wa- I, oh, I watched know. some of it. But did you see the opening? Any of their, like, uh, their suits? No. You can saw no suits? I saw no suits. There's nobody really uh, above and beyond. You know, there's some nope, interesting... just some basic-ass suits? They were pretty basic. I think the mask really takes away from yeah. it. Yeah. 
you know, a I, lot. You got to learn how to stylize your mask. Like, remember, there was a picture of Austin Matthews that we posted a long time ago, like, of him in the press box. Like, yeah. the way he – the mask he was wearing and all that, like, he had style to that. Like, Okay. So, now going off your point earlier, sorry, would you drip or drop being – let's say you were being drafted. Okay. Would you drip or drop going – to the draft. I'm going like, every day of the week. You, I, like I understand why is, Trevor Lawrence didn't go. The funniest thing with Trevor Lawrence. When he hit, when he hit the cameraman? No, not even that. He didn't go because of COVID, right? Like he didn't he wanted to stay safe. Did you see how many people were at his house? Oh, his whole family. Don't talk to me about COVID and then have that many people come to your house. He just, you know what it is? He just didn't want to delay the party. He didn't want to go. He didn't want to go to Cleveland. I want to go to Cleveland. I know. I, I, much going I, I love the Browns. I would love to go to Browns games, but Cleveland's not a nice city. <laughs> no, it's not. There's not that much fun. It's not not when he, what is he, like a California kid? He's, he looks like a California kid. I don't know if Absolutely. he is. But, but, he's nah. still, but it's just like, don't give me this bullshit about COVID. They were just, they were have like a hundred people at your house. Come on. I like that he kind of wore just like a golf shirt, though. You know, yeah. would you go suit or would you go golf shirt then? Or like more Hawaiian? Are you, no, are you I'm funny I'm full it? dapper, dressed up, looking nice. Um, okay. Drip or drop? Trevor Lawrence's hair. Oh, I'm a major drip. I hope he keeps really? it the whole oh, time. I, I absolutely hate it. It no, looks it looks so hit. stupid on him. I want to see that thing age. I want to see it go gray while he's still in the league. He looks like. We, He'll had, shave this, it for we sure. had a gym He'll teacher it. in high school. It looks like a younger version of him. Same hair, same everything. Like, it's just like it's such a. It's just He'll not a. It sure. It's um, such a surfer look. It's so funny. I got a couple. Okay. Dripper drop. Aaron Rodgers in Denver Orange. Drop. I don't want to murder his career weird. like that. It looks weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. He's like, green and yellow. I don't really see him. <laughs> no, it'd be almost as weird as when Be- Brett Favre went to uh, Minnesota. It was like, what is that purple on you, man? You know what color I want to see? Oh, no. Don't do it. I'm going to see him in this <laughs> color right here. It's nice. This nice Carolina Panthers blue. It's a really nice color, Aaron. I tried this with J.J. Watt, and it didn't work. But, I mean, if you're looking for a team and a color, look at how nice that jersey is. It's just like this nice blue. This got this guy. It's on not it. that good. All right. This, this guy probably the best running back in the NFL. Before we uh, we close off here, I've got the lineup. Okay. For our Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, you love it for tonight. All right. I've got it. All right. Batting first. George in the DH position. George. George Springer. George Springer. All right. So he's George not Springer. playing in the field. No. Second, Bo Bichette. Okay. Third, Vlad. Fourth, Teoscar Hernandez, nice. starting in right field. Okay. So Richuk in center, Simeon at second, Guriel in left, Espinal at third, and our boy, Alejandro Kirk, <laughs> stepping in for the big opening game with Robbie Ray pitching. Okay. Um, Kevin's not in the lineup. That hurts. Kevin's not in the lineup. Whatever. That's, really that's why I read it out. <laughs> I'm not worried. Is Kevin still on the team? Like, did they send him down? Do we need to make Kevin shirts? Did we do we all that the, talking? We the bow one on. Should we make free Kevin shirts? Or free Kevin? Kevin? Deserves to play or... <laughs> yeah, from Kevin. the bench roll. Absolutely free Kevin. Um, yeah. doing that. Um, we'll come up with a, they still a have fancy it? slogan. Teoscar is an active. Jonathan Davis assigned alternate training site. Perfect. 
Tanner Roark designated for assignment. Yes. You pumped his tires and Kansas City's, and I told you to take them both hey, on a run. Kansas is still one of the best teams in the league this year. It's fucked. Don't even get me started. But, Every team is awful. Um, Tanner Roark is, has, was okay as a reliever, but yeah, he's no, he wasn't. DFA'd. He threw meatballs that just didn't get crushed. It's like when it's a 10-run game and you throw in, you know, Anthony Rizzo when he struck out Freddie Freeman. Like, that shouldn't happen, but you're just swinging for the fences. Hmm. I do feel bad. Tanner Roark a little bit. I'm actually interested to see what's going on there because he left on emergency fam like family emergency leave. So like I maybe hold off judgment on why they're letting Roark or DFA and Roark. There, there could be a lot more to this than we know. But yeah, I think yeah, it's just a weird because like they they didn't move anyone else. It was just they DFA'd him. It's not like they needed to make room for somebody. So you think maybe he's. I think, there could, I think there could be some issues there, so I, I don't know. But, yeah, I think that's it from us this week. Thanks for listening. I think we went, we, we were a decent length this time because we had two, two episodes length, but... worth to talk about. So, uh, yeah, as always, be sure to follow us at the BNB pod underscore on Instagram and Twitter. At the BNB podcast on TikTok. You can find all our merch like this nice sweater, that nice sweater. We're actually both wearing our own merch this time. You can find all of that. I need to get my sweater, which yeah. I actually do. Yeah, you got to find all of that at uh, theasports.com and more content. We got a little bit more on there going up. Uh, I'm going to have more baseball merch coming out hopefully next week. So stay tuned for that. Should be cool. I worked hard. Um, yeah. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, argue with us. It's fun. We love it. We will catch you early next week sometime as long as Zoom cooperates with us and we can actually release this episode. Hopefully we save this one. Hopefully this one works. Cheers.